little touch pass there. Benson waiting, cuts in, he scores! Oh my! Into the middle, holding, back, Toporowski shooting, shot block, got it back, shot, score! Center of pass forward, of stop, shot, back to play, score! In front, Groove scores! Jaden Groove scores the triple overtime winner. Welcome in to WHL Unfiltered, a, uh, a special uh, T-Birds talk edition um, of WHL Unfiltered. Pleased to be joined uh, by Brock McGillis, uh, hockey player, um, advocate ally um you know one of the first out hockey players we've had in society and and here to join us to talk a little bit about um the seattle thunderbirds fan-led uh pride night that's uh well it's, it's going on tomorrow as uh, as we tape this on a monday night how's how's things treating you out there in, um on east coast brock uh, it's getting a little dark but otherwise it's uh it's good it, it was nice today it was freezing yesterday i don't know it's the weather's been hit and miss here but things are good how are you guys doing yeah what, what's the you jared what's it like up there in kent uh you know it uh, actually was a sunny day today which is kind of nice um so hopefully we're with the first day of spring we're, we're turning out of that uh, gray weather and hopefully into some some nicer weather for a long long playoff run up here <laughs> We're in, we're in shorts to the rank. That's that's what you guys are looking to, thinking about, right? <laughs> so that's what we like. So I guess you know we we don't really have a, like a set f- format we want to get into here, Brock. I mean, just kind of you know, it, it, not all the teams are doing a, a Pride Night, obviously, and in this case, the, the Seattle Thunderbirds fans took it upon themselves to to throw their own. And I think that's a really neat initiative. And that's why I'm trying to, you know, throw this show's weight behind it. And I mean, have, have we seen that before? Is that, is that a, is that a situation that you've come across to where the, the fans said, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll just do our own. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I love that. Um, I think I love it more than a team led one, to be honest with you. Um, it's, it's them deciding that we're going to take up space and we're just going to be ourselves here and, and, you know, regardless of how anyone feels and not that Seattle doesn't feel good about it. I have no idea. Um, I mean, they have a gay player on their team, so they probably are pretty chill with it. Um, but I, I think it matters more because it's, it's, you know, there's power and strength in doing something, uh, for your people, by your people sort of thing. But um, I haven't seen one. I'm sure groups have done it. I know pride groups have gone to different. Uh, uh, I think Nashville at one point, some a uh, pride group there took went to games, and I'm sure they've done all the small things, but nothing like organized and super planned out. Yeah, they, these guys they've had. I, I saw today some some shirts made up. The uh, you know 
players or not players per se, but but people in the in the organization are you know supporting it and wearing shirts. I've, I I discovered just today the uh, there's a, a Seattle Pride Hockey Association that I did not know existed until yeah. this morning. I'm like, this is yeah, they're uh, great. They're doing a lot of good work. Yeah, yeah, I like you know, and it's you know, I think it's largely led by allies too. I think you know, not not anybody directly related to the to the community, which. I think is also really important because, you know, there's a lot more of us than there is than you guys. And we all got to, we need to all pull on the same rope to, to, to get there, you know? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's cool. And, and it shows that aspect shows that, you know, what we do welcome, like, it's almost like fans saying we do welcome you here. You are safe in this space. You do have people who, are going to ensure that you're not going to be met with verbal abuse, violence, harassment, threats, etc. Um, whether you're gay, trans, queer, etc., um, you can exist here, and that's pretty damn cool and important because it's um, it's not the norm um, in our culture still, unfortunately, and and. I think people experience uh, homophobia and transphobia in rinks and as fans. And, and I think, you know, um, these nights are more for fans than for players, in my mind. You know, it's, again, back to coming at it from, a, from, from an ally's perspective. I mean, it's, so many of these opportunities are the chance to become educated. You know, I, I don't know what it's like to, to skate a shift in, 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 in your boots. And, and so that's why it's valuable to have these conversations to try to learn, because, you know, I think that's important in, in, in any aspect, any aspect of life to try to understand what the, what the other person's going through, what, what their community has to deal with, you know, what, what they can relate to, because I, I haven't had to fight any of those battles. And so, you know, it, it, a night like that kind of gives us the opportunity to try to try to open those, you know, lines of communication. Yeah, I think so. And you know, it's it's not always easy being LGBTQ plus in hockey. Frankly, it's rarely easy. Um, it's met with. Um, I, I mean, we saw Hockey Canada release a report where over five hundred suspensions were handed out. Um, for homophobic language in the past year and that's just what they caught and that also doesn't include you know what's said in the locker rooms what's what they don't realize is homophobic what's um said by coaches etc like i know junior teams that their um pre-game huddle cheer was is let's kill those f slurs um and this came to me like a year or two ago like not that long ago um it's not easy because you're hearing language daily that makes you think you're bad or wrong or or shouldn't exist makes you think your friends hate you makes you think that you shouldn't be in the sport and and the hard part is when you get to a certain level of the sport your identity becomes the sport right um any major junior kid in the dub any kid in the dub goes home for the holidays and whether it's their family and extended family they see or uh, family, friends, or uh, parents of their friends, everyone's going to ask, how's hockey? 
every single place they go, every town that they're from, they're just going to be asked about hockey. It becomes who you are at a very young age. And now if you identify and, and that becomes your identity, but you're also gay, you're, you're like, well, I don't think they'll let me play. They won't want me here if I'm this. So players hide it in order to keep their identity, to keep being who they've been their whole lives, to keep this career they've worked so hard to try and get to. So I, I don't think it's easy. It's, it's definitely an uphill battle. I think it's why most kids quit. Um, and, you know, there are anomalies. Luke is an example of that. But um, I think, you know, we, we need to change those spaces. And I think for fans, um, it's critical that they have spaces and, and where they can be. And that's what these Pride Nights are for. And then hopefully we get to the point that we start shifting locker room culture so we can get more kids playing and staying in the sport. Brock, that's a, that's kind of an initiative you've been working on, working with some of these junior teams and even some of the teams out in, in our league in the, in the West, in the Western League, right? Where you're kind of, you know, speaking with some of the, the clubs directly. Yeah, so um, I've been going around um, major, junior, junior, um, high schools um, on top of like corporates and events and everything else for since, since when, 2017? I, I came out in late 2016, early 2017, I started getting calls. And um, now I've kind of refined what I do in, in terms of humanizing the issue and giving them the lived experience of somebody who's been in that room and the impact, the impact of our language and behavior. Because I, I genuinely believe that 98% of those people are really good people. I think people are good by nature. I think sometimes we do some shitty things. We don't even realize we're doing them half the time. Um, so my whole thing is, you know what, let's, let's have them recognize. And then I think they'll, they'll change and rally. And I think, especially in our sport, we rally. You mentioned Humboldt earlier. We saw the whole hockey world rally around that. We see it with, um, you know, giving blood and, and cancer and different things. People rally around issues when there's an incident in a community the team and everything rallies in that community. We just have to show people that these are issues we need to rally around and they're not scary things that nobody's bad. We just need to start rallying around it so that people feel safe and welcome to enjoy the sport. Um, and then I also try and, you know, break down um, the conformity in the sport. I don't know if I, you know, if you guys see this, but everywhere I go, I can pick out a hockey player. I can walk into a high school and I'll tell you which kids play hockey. I'll walk through them all. Everywhere I go, I, I can tell you who plays hockey. They dress the same. They talk the same. They walk the same. And we do across the sport. And it's wild to me that they do this, but it's not fully who they are. They, they don't really tell their teammates. Here, I've talked about four things really in the locker room. Women, video games, partying, and sports. And But then they call themselves a family or brothers. And like, my family knows more about me than that. You know, like, how do you use those analogies? But it's like so surface level, things you can talk about. So now I do breakouts 
with teams and players and have them share things they typically wouldn't tell a teammate they enjoy. And uh, um, it's wild. It's wild how little they actually know about each other and how initially intimidated they are to share. But once somebody does, they just, it's like the, the floodgates open and, and everyone's willing to. And I think it creates deeper bonds. And I also think it creates a space where now, you know, when you realize we're all different, you're less likely to judge the player of color in the room. You're less likely to judge the person from a different religion or background, like a Muslim kid or something. You're less likely to judge the gay kid. You're less likely to judge somebody who's different than you because we're all different. We're all weirdos. And, and when we embrace that, we're going to be happier. Yeah, that's, you know, and, and, and that is an interesting point. I mean, so much of this is, you know, when somebody is the other, you know, and, and, it, you know, they're, they're on the other side of town, they're doing whatever they're doing. Like I can look down on them and then when it's your cousin, when it's your, your, your brother, when it's, you know, that uh, your line mate that, you know, then all of a sudden it's not the other anymore. And it's like, you need to have those, those lived experiences, you know, with people that you'd, you know, oh, this, this kid Brock, he's, he plays goal. I can relate to him. And that helps us, you know, find, you know, find common ground. And it's, it, it breaks down those barriers, you know, and not Nazim Kadri, you know, what's, you know, you mentioned, you know, the uh, Muslim background. I mean, what's, what's he done? I guess, depending on, uh, you know, if you're an Avalanche fan or Flames fan or whatever, like <laughs> the on the ice could be, could be just as, as divisive, but you know, I mean, what, what's he done to, you know, to move, move that ball forward for, for folks, Hold you know it. what I mean? He humanizes it. His just existing in it humanizes it, and and beyond that, what he might be doing in locker rooms. But I, I also know it probably wasn't easy. You know, growing up being that guy and feeling like you have to, and and um, you know, so I I think it's it's when we do find that common ground when they realize and and here's the reality like everywhere i've gone to speak at least 90 percent of every single room knows somebody's lgbtq plus um and yet over 90 percent of the people put their hands up especially in hockey locker rooms and say they've used homophobic language or use it so evolving that and recognizing the impact and then also knowing like like and some of them may be homophobic or anti-lgbtq plus and that's their choice it's like i'm not here to you know what i mean i can only do so much and and have them realize the impact and how people might be hurting and suffering etc but that's you know can't change people you can hope they evolve but some will not and that's okay um but i think what also um helps them realize is recognizing that like those generations in junior and whatnot um over 20 percent of that population in that age group identifies lgbtq plus um and i was telling you a friend of mine who went to med school and in med school they learned that 40 or 50 percent of millennials um experiment with the same sex which is, you know, wild. And so, so if 20% are LGBTQ plus and you're sitting in a room and there's 20 kids, you know, 
you could be impacting some of your teammates, your best friend, and you have no idea. You know, and, and, and I think that's why it's important in those spaces because we're forcing people to live. Sorry, my dog decided to show up. Um, we're forcing people to live not as themselves because they don't feel like they can and do what they love. And that's a real shame because hockey is such a wonderful game and so impactful and incredible that it would be wonderful if more people got to play it at high levels being themselves the way, say, Luke Prokop can. Um, and then even for the ones who don't get to play high levels, I, I share this story a lot. There's a trans boy who came to me a few years ago. He was 15 or 16 and he was struggling. He was self-harming, uh, dealing with body dysmorphia and different issues. And then he found weightlifting and bodybuilding. And that's as macho and rugged as hockey. And he'd go to the gym every day. And he found a community of people who embraced him and and he found something he enjoyed and that became a tool he used to feel good. He'd go to the gym whenever he felt down, he'd just go over to the gym. And I was so thrilled for him when he told me, but I couldn't help but think, like, shouldn't that be hockey? Like, especially in Canada, like, I, I think about how so many kids can't wait to get in the locker room. They're with their buddies, they're with their friends, and nothing else matters. The test at school, their parents grounding them, anything else, doesn't matter. So now they're in that space. But for other kids who don't fit the mold or can't conform to it, they get in that locker room and it's hell. You know, and, and for me, I hated the locker room. I hated bus rides. I hated all of that stuff, which should have been some of the most fun. It was just when I got on the ice, nothing else mattered. The problem is you got to go through that locker room to get on the ice. So if we can evolve that space, even the kids that don't make it in hockey can use it to feel good. They can love the sport the same way we do. The three of us sitting here aren't in the NHL and we love hockey. You know, and, and we need to have it so that it's a space for everyone to enjoy the sport and use it to feel good and just be happy playing it, working in it, uh, engaging with it, however you want to take part in the sport. Yeah, I mean, to me, these conversations always circle back to, you know, do we want to grow the game or do we not want to grow the game? I mean, you know, you mentioned the, you know, the, this example of, of, of this, of this trans kid you're working with and yeah, it, it, it could have been hockey, but it, it, it didn't work out. Well, you know, I mean, that's, that's, there's a reason why we, we call it, you, you can, if you can play, you can play, you know, if we can get somebody scoring goals, like that's, that's, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't care what your background is. If you can score goals for me, and, you know what I mean? Like, and I'll take, I'll take that a step further. If you want to play, you should be able to play, you know, so that it's not just the elite, that it's everyone who wants to play has the ability to. And even, you know, like just enjoying the sport, because here's the other thing in, in growing the game where we're lacking is the on ice. Like there's a massive queer, like LGBTQ plus fan base in hockey. 
it's huge. I did a project, um, I think it was 2021 uh, in the summer, in July or June rather for Pride Month. I did something where people were felt not seen by the sport and not being celebrated um, for Pride Month. And I said, well, I'll celebrate you. So I did these interviews. I said, if you want to do an interview with me, I'll post it on my Twitter and whatever. Like, And I th- made up a fake email and put it up. And I said, email me and I'll interview you and we'll post it. I got some volunteer editors and some people's schedule. Um, in 24 hours, over 400 people emailed in. We had to cap it at 120 because Pride Month, June's one of my busiest months. I did 120 interviews in like a week and a half and we posted them all and they got over 4.6 million uh, impressions on Twitter and they were just posted organically. Like I just threw three up a day, like just no promotion, no nothing and over a million engagements. Like those are some wild numbers on my personal Twitter. Like it's not, you know, a huge platform or anything and people are growing the game outside of the traditional space they're creating their own spaces because they're not being welcomed in and and that's sad it's it's sad that we have to have groups for marginalized people instead of just feeling like they're safe and welcomed in the traditional space and this Pride Night being a prime example. You know, part of, again, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a learning experience. And I think that's the way, you know, most of these things are. I mean, again, I'm a, you know, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant male. I'm the king of the privilege pyramid. You know, I've never had to deal with any of that type of shit. And, you know, I, I go to this tire shop on, on my corner sometimes. And these uh, Hispanic ladies, these, these immigrants, they, they, they put tires on the cars. And I, don't, I didn't think too much of it. So, you know, a woman's, you know, mounting my tires, whatever. And then I'm reading the reviews of the place on, on uh, you know, on Yelp or whatever. And other women are talking about how it's really empowering to see a woman change tires. And I wouldn't, didn't think anything of it. You know, I, I, that, that representation, you know, I never thought about what that means to have that kind of representation as simple as it is that a woman changing your tire, because, you know, I know that a man can change a tire. It's a thing I could achieve. You know, it's just, it just the littlest things like, you know, again, it, it, it went right over my head. And then when I saw that, I'm like, you know, I, that, that it was, it was, it was a thing that I needed to make a note of, you know, and it's, and, 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 and playing hockey is no different, right? Yeah. I mean, we, um, it's, it's, uh, that's a cool story. Representation does matter. We need, when you see it, you can then believe it, you know, and, and, and that's half the battle is, um, seeing is believing and, and and having visibility and different things and i think you know again we need more of it on the ice in the locker rooms where people can exist in it well so that i uh, and brock thank you for for saying all those things there are a few things in there that really kind of hit me um as i was sitting and listening and talking to you and chad you as well so 
you know, I'm just, I'm also just a guy, right? Um, I can't, I don't have the same adjectives maybe each other you do. I'm, you know, Native American, um, you know, they're, you know, atheists, some other things too, right? Um, but I think the, that there was, you know, we've seen that we've seen the, and I'm not trying to call the team out, but we've seen the team do some great things in terms of like supporting the indigenous community, right? When Ethan Bear was here, all the work they did, you know, back um, with his family and all the support that that was there. Um, Akai Sanders, right? Um, you know, a young um, black kid on the team, also local, right? So a good connection there, right? From the area, grew up watching the team. You know, I, I believe there was an incident that happened that that you know they had a zero tolerance policy for, and they you know they they moved some players on that that did some things they shouldn't have done, right? And so it felt like there was a space here that needed to be filled. Um, and, you know, I have 1,100 followers on Twitter. That's not very much, right? But in terms of the people that are around the team, covering the team, talking about the team, right? It's probably one of the few, one of the higher um, follower counts um, that are around. And, and so... That's kind of what I wanted, right? I, you know, Brock, you mentioned like you know the 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 people that are out that want to feel comfortable, and I would assume that there's probably even more that we don't know, right? That don't feel comfortable. I wanted them to see that this T Bird fan family supports them, right? I want them to feel comfortable coming to the game, whether they're out or not, right? Like they don't, we're not trying to make people come out if they don't want to. We're not trying to make people do whatever they don't want to do, but we still want them to feel the support. Right. Um, I know there are people in my circle that go to Tibers games that are, you know, in the LGBT community, and and I want to make sure they feel as loved as everybody else that goes to the game. And that's kind of why this was important. And so then to see, you know, fan made T shirts. Um, I know there are a whole bunch of people bringing flags tomorrow. I know my wife and I went. You know, there's no there's no T-Bird Pride merchandise, right? So we went and bought Kraken Pride merchandise, right? We wanted to show something that was both local and supportive and you know i i think that there was just you know using what i could to amplify that and and put it together and, and again i admit that i'm just an ideas guy i just I, I picked a day and gave it a name and 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 chad and and our friend uh, becca kind of helped you know, kind of formulate it and put it together but i think it's important and uh i'm just excited to see how many people show up tomorrow and 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 what kind of you know noise and support that we can make i think that's beautiful i think it it um i hope it gets a ton of attention because like i said sometimes i feel that when teams do it it's like a box ticking corporate culture type thing especially when they're not shifting locker room culture um but for fans to do it for for the the you know people who are in that fandom community who are engaged with the fans to be the ones putting that together and letting everyone else know that no you're welcome here that is powerful that is um incredibly powerful and i think that leads to shifts and i think you start to see more people want to come to games, uh, feel like they belong at games, 
feel welcomed. I think there's there's a study called Out on the Fields. Um, I can't remember when it was done. It was like 2014 or something. And it said that like over 70% of, might have been over 75 even, percent of LGBTQ plus people in um, that are fans of sports experience homophobia at sporting events uh, at least once in their life. And going to a place like, and it probably gets them afraid to come. It definitely does. Going to a place knowing that you can be yourself and you're not worried and you're just relaxed the same way you two feel walking in there. I assume, you know, I shouldn't assume that you do feel great walking in there. I don't know. But like the way a straight person could show up with their uh, husband and wife and not worry about anything or have to uh, a less masculine presenting gay guy all of a sudden feels like he has to bro it up in the space. You know, it, it matters. And when it's done on a grassroots level, to me, that's powerful. That's, that's the purpose and intention of pride. Pride was protest. Pride was grassroots protests in New York city in 1970, you know, after the riots at Stonewall and the decriminalization of homosexuality, it was, it was for rights. You know, and, and it's been conflated to, you know, rainbows and and um, corporations and stuff. And, and also it's been kind of shelters. Like, I think it shelters our sport at times from the fact that, you know, those gay kids are running away because they're experiencing homophobia. <laughs> Um, and we're throwing rainbows up and going, look how inclusive we are. Meanwhile, we have no gay kids out in like one gay man out in the sport right now. Like, it's like, come on, we gotta see through this. And that's where grassroots type stuff to me is more powerful. And I think it's really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. I know I've seen, um, you know, some, uh, not, you know, there are some teams in the U.S. division that I've done prior nights. Portland was a, a real big influence on on doing ours, right, because of all the merch they made and uh, all the effort they put on. I know Spokane does one as well. But when we started talking about doing one in Seattle, I even saw some Everett fans like, you know, when's our Pride Night, right? So hopefully we can see, you know, this, you know, hopefully move the needle. I, I'm hoping this is the only year that, you know, we have to do it as a, a fan-led initiative, right? I'm hoping that the people that, that make those type of decisions see the support tomorrow. Um, hear the voices tomorrow um, and, and see how important it is to the people that are showing up. Um, but it, it, I'm, you know, I'm more than happy to continue to keep doing this year after year um, and hopefully it keeps getting bigger and bigger if that's what it takes. Um, well, but I would, I would prefer not to do it. <laughs> if I, if there's anything I can do to help in the future, let me know. Also, you mentioned Portland, shout out to them. They brought me in last year to work with all their players. So I appreciate them. Yeah, you know, I they, think it's the one time I can say that uh, Portland doesn't suck. This is uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on their side on this one. Yeah, well, that's like you know, Brock. You mentioned you know the two of us being comfortable walking in the that rink in Kent, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm wearing a Portland jersey if I am, and you know, there's a little little uncomfortable you know nature of that, but that that doesn't have to do with who I am. It has to do with the, the team I root for. So it's an entirely different animal. But you know, one of the but that that but that 
concern you might have or that like little look around to see if anyone's going to say or do anything is probably what queer people face every time they go into every rink. You know what I mean? They're concerned somebody might gay bash them, call them names, whatever it is. So I, I think that that might be a little bit of a, a small comp, you know, um, I don't want to totally compare the two, but like that uneasiness is definitely something that would be similar. No, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good point. Um, do you have anything you want to throw out there, Brock, on the, uh, as we wrap up, wrap a bow on this conversation? No, I just want to thank you both for, for doing this and for creating a grassroots initiative. It, it matters. It matters so much, especially as, you know, allies and supporters. It's You're going to show a lot of people that they can belong, and, and a lot of people just want to belong. <laughs>